the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, we'd like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Also, when we pray, the Hail, the Hail Holy Queen, at the end of the Holy Rosary, then we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's uh, invite Mary to be with us. Ask Mary to pray with us and to pray for us. As we try to get closer to her son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who is the way, the truth, and the life. So let's pray together the prayer that she loves most. And that prayer is the Hail Mary. Together. Hail Mary. Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and bless the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Let's pray then to our spiritual director. Our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is known as the paraclete. The Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. Holy Spirit is known as the sweet guest of our soul. Holy Spirit is also our consoler. Our consoler, but also our counselor. The Holy Spirit is our sanctifier. And St. Paul reminds us in these words. He says that we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, Abba, Abba, which means Daddy or Father. Let's beg the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light for our intellect. And the fire of love to burn within our hearts. As we pray, the traditional prayer to the Holy Spirit Together. 
Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful, by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation to the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be. World without end. Amen. Well, Lady Guadalupe, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. St. Gabriel, pray for us. St. Raphael, pray for us. St. Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. St. Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. So we welcome you all to our Perseverance family, and the family that prays together stays together. So not only have we prayed together, but I promise in the Mass that I'll be celebrating today, <clears throat> like to pray for all of you and for your intentions. That God would bless you in a special way. I like to pray, especially in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Indeed, the holy sacrifice of the Mass is the greatest of all prayers. It's the greatest of all prayers. I'd like to pray, placing all of you on the altar in my Mass for the following intentions. First, I'd like to pray that all of us in this holy season of Lent would make a concerted effort. We would all make a concerted effort to Be open to the Holy Spirit. 
Hey, perhaps we can say this prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention will be, I'd like to pray for all of your family, family members. And many of you have your own intentions. We'll pray for Angelica. Pray that we'll be delivered from the temptations of the evil one. But especially I'd like to pray for your family members who have walked away from God. We all have those and we have them in mind right now. Let's pray for them. I'd like to place them on the altar that they would be converted and be saved. As Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? And the last is I, I always try to pray for deathbed sinners, those who will be dying. Those will be dying, that they will be saved. That they would open themselves up to God's mercy. And let's pray for, let's pray for, yes, our country. That we would move out of paganism to a country that once again believes in Christian values. So many wonderful intentions that all of you have, and I'd like to place, I'd like to place all of them on the altar in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. All right. So what I'd like to do today is start off by giving you a brief, once again, a brief catechesis. A brief catechesis. And then we can enter into the readings and what is God saying to us through the readings today? Our brief catechesis is the following. Is just briefly the person of St. Joseph, because we're going to be celebrating the feast day of St. Joseph in nine days. So... Much is happening in the lives of many of us. But today would be a good day to start your novena to St. Joseph. Just a brief catechesis on this and let's enter into the riches of the Word of God. 
Saint Joseph is the greatest of all the saints. He's the greatest of all the saints and we have some technical theological words. I'll go through them briefly. Let's move into the riches of the Word of God. Here are the words. Latria. Hyperdulia. Protodulia. And dulia. Those are technical theological words that we should try to understand them so that we can defend God, Mary, the angels and saints, and St. Joseph. Latria means adoration. We adore only God. God is worthy of praise and worship. Hyperdulia means the highest veneration that we give to Mary. She's the mother of God, which is the greatest of all of her privileges. So she should be honored the most as the greatest of all God's creatures. Then we have Protodulia, which refers to St. Joseph. That means we give St. Joseph the first, the first in veneration. Then Dulia means we venerate the saints. So let us have a a great love for St. Joseph. Protodelia is that God gives each person the specific graces for his state of life. With the vocation, God will always give the commensurate or proportional graces to be able to carry out that vocation, that mission. St. Joseph was the spouse of the Blessed Virgin Mary he was also the foster father of the Son of God. Therefore, God endowed him, bestowed upon him superabundant graces to carry out that extraordinary mission. All right. So that's our brief catechesis. And so not this Sunday... But the following Sunday will be the 19th of March. But the church will celebrate the Solemnity of St. Joseph on March 20th, which will be the following Monday. Because a Sunday in Lent cannot be replaced uh, by any saint, even though the saint is so great. So we want to prepare ourselves to, as we're in Lent, to celebrate uh, the great St. Joseph. All right, my friends, let's uh, move into the Word of God, a brief overview, and then we'll, I'd like to uh, delve deep into the, the readings, and we'll start with the first reading.
Now the first the first reading is taken from the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis and it is the we meet the splendid, sterling, holy, inspiring person of Joseph. One of the twelve sons of Jacob. Joseph. A just sterling, splendid, heartwarming figure that we'll be talking about today. Joseph. The other day someone was asked me, is there a difference between this Joseph and Saint Joseph? And yes, there is. There's a there there might be a parallel between the two, but there's a they're two different people. Two different saints. So we're going to be uh, speaking about uh, the person of Saint Joseph, uh, of Joseph of the Old Testament. We've already talked about Saint Joseph preparing for his feast day. But we meet the other Joseph. Joseph. So we have Joseph. We're going to see what what the church offers to us in the person of St. Joseph. And I'll expound upon it in, in more detail. We have Psalm 105 and the antiphon is, Remember the marvels the Lord has done. Remember the marvels the Lord has done. So the Navina Cecilia asks, you could actually start today, even though we're going to be celebrating it the following Monday. It might be not simply nine days, but ten days. So much the better. The more we can honor St. Joseph, the better. So the, the antiphon is, remember the marvels the Lord has done. When we're going through desolation, it's a good idea to call to mind the marvels that God has done in all of our lives. Then we have a parable which is very much related to Joseph of the Old Testament. It's a parable of a landowner. He plants a vineyard. And when vintage time comes, he sends his servants to the tenants to obtain their produce. And the tenants seize some of the servants, beat them, and uh, kill even others. And the landowner sends his son, who they think will respect, ends ends up by killing his son. And all this refers to the way the prophets were treated and the abuse they received and how Jesus was treated by, he was actually killed. He was sent 
to save and he was killed anyway. So there we have an, an overview of the readings for today. An overview for the readings for today. So my style, my method, is I like to I like to summarize the, the biblical passage, giving you a summary in my own words, giving a summary of it. Then I like to give an interpretation. And then an application. So we've got summary of the biblical passage, interpretation, what does it mean? What does it mean to us? And then we want to apply it to our own lives, an application. So my friends, the Word of God, even though it was written many years ago, we pray to the Holy Spirit to allow the Word of God to change us. It's not simply information, but transformation. Yes, we want our intellect to be informed. What is the Word of God saying? But we want to allow the Word of God to transform us. As St. Paul says, it's like a two-edged sword that separates bone from marrow. So let's uh, go into the riches of the Word of God. The person of Joseph. The person of Joseph in the Old Testament. What do we have? So the last, the last 13, 14 chapters of the book of Genesis... are dedicated to Joseph. The book of Genesis has 50 chapters. So we have about a quarter of these chapters are related to this person of Joseph. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. So, Israel, okay, here's the overall context. Israel Israel had 12 children. And the 11th His name was Joseph, and the last would be Benjamin. From these, we have the twelve tribes of Israel. Now, the father had a preference. The father had a preference. He loved Joseph. 
he loved Joseph most. Joseph was the child he had in his old age. So the father had a certain preference for Joseph. And one of the manifestations was that the father gave Joseph a multicolored cloak. Now, the older brothers, aware of this preference for Joseph, they became angry. They became bitter. They became resentful. That the father preferred Joseph above them. Another gift that Joseph had, and we see a parallel between this Joseph and the Joseph, St. Joseph in the New Testament, was that both of them both of them had dreams. Both of them had dreams. Remember Joseph of the New Testament had a dream to take Mary to be his wife. Another dream from the angel to get up and to flee into Egypt. Another dream to return to his country after the death of Herod, St. Joseph had dreams. So also, Joseph of the Old Testament had dreams. So his brothers were, were allowing resentment to get a hold of their hearts. We have to be very careful, my friends, not to allow jealousy, envy, and resentment to take hold of us because that can strangle us, that can suffocate us, that can kill us. We have to fight against it with God's grace. So in the case of Joseph, he told his brothers that he had a dream And he said that there was these twelve plants, sheaves, that grew up. And he was the he was the highest, the tallest of all the plants, and he said that the other plants bowed down to him. So this made them even more angry that he was pointing out his, in a certain sense, his superiority over them. This made them even more angry. So, with that as a background, we arrive at the readings for today. 
So I've given you an overall historical biblical context so we can understand. Israel has 12 sons. Joseph is his 11th, his favorite that he has in his old age. The other brothers become jealous because the father has a preference. Joseph has dreams. One of his dreams points to them bowing down and having deference or reverence toward him. So this anger is being built up within them. So we have to be careful in our own lives not to allow resentment and anger to build up within us. It can, it can kill us. But acid is to the stomach, resentment is to the soul. Acid can, can burn away and perforate your intestines and you end up with ulcers, maybe even bleeding ulcers. We don't want to have our souls being perforated by our own anger and resentment. So this is what happens. The brothers are far away from home. And the father sends Joseph to them to give them something to eat. So he's, he's heading toward his brothers to greet them. And there's a certain innocence of Joseph. There's a certain innocence in the person of Joseph. He's not aware that they are harboring resentment, anger, and even hatred against him. So he sent on from his father to bring them to bring them something to eat. Now among his brothers, some of them had fostered so much resentment that they actually hated him and they wanted to kill him. One of the brothers whose name is Reuben, says, let's don't kill him. So, he decides to beat him up and to throw him in a well. So instead of killing him, he's thrown in a well. And then the brothers take off. Let's follow up in the story. I'd like to give an overall summary of the book of the person of Joseph. And then you can actually go to your Bible. Genesis chapter 38 to the very end. And read through the Joseph stories. The Joseph stories. So this is what happens. 
Joseph is taken and he's sold as a slave in Egypt to the Pharaoh. And Pharaoh likes Joseph. But there in the household of Joseph, of of Pharaoh, something happens. There, Joseph is a young, strong, attractive man. And one of the high-ranked officials named Potiphar has a wife. And the wife is looking at Joseph. And she starts to lust after Joseph. Even though she's a married married woman. So what she tries to do is she tries to seduce Joseph. She tries to seduce seduce Joseph. But every time she tries to seduce Joseph, Joseph flees from the from the attempted seduction. And this woman is cultivating the lustful desire in her mind and her heart and is getting stronger and stronger. And she tries to grab a hold of him and he leaves, running away, leaving his cloak. Then the woman cries out, She cries out and she slanders. She slanders, she calumniates the person of Joseph. There's a lot to meditate upon in this biblical passage. She slanders, she calumniates Joseph, saying to the Pharaoh that Joseph was trying to seduce her. Joseph was trying to seduce her, whereas it was the exact opposite. It was the exact opposite. And the Pharaoh believes this, the woman. And as a consequence, as a consequence, once again Joseph is going to suffer. His brothers have rejected him, thrown him in a well, He's sold as a slave to the Pharaoh in Egypt. 
And then, if that is not where, is that 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 wasn't bad enough? Now he's innocently condemned of trying to seduce and to commit adultery with this married woman. So we see in this another another biblical theme how the innocent sometimes have to suffer. We're going to see in the person of Joseph not only a reflection of Joseph in the New Testament, but we're going to see in this Joseph of the Old Testament, he is a Christ figure. Many different aspects of the life of Joseph we can apply to Christ himself. So Joseph, even though he's innocent, is condemned and incarcerated. And he's there for a long time with other prisoners. So what I'm doing, I'm trying to give you a summary of 13 chapters in one talk. And we can see behind this is God himself. Well, God will intervene in God, how God will save the innocent. How God will intervene and God will save the innocent. Now, what God is going to allow now, and Joseph is going to become a very prominent figure, not only among his brothers and the Egyptians, he's going to become a prominent figure in the whole world. Is that God allows... God allows a famine to break out. And this famine breaks out in the whole world. But in the meantime, the Pharaoh is having a lot of dreams. These dreams that are are bothering him very much. And there's no one that's able to interpret these dreams except Joseph. Joseph not only had his dreams, but Joseph was given by God the ability to interpret dreams. So the Pharaoh consults Joseph. And he tells Joseph the dreams, and Joseph is able to interpret meticulously in great detail the meaning of these dreams. Consequently, he's liberated from jail. He's given a ring. And Joseph is given... Great power in Egypt. 
great power in Egypt as well as over the whole world. Now as mentioned, throughout the whole world, the whole world was being somewhat like you might even call it the pandemic. There was a, a there was a drought, a lack of water, and as a result, a lack of sufficient food. And the people throughout the world were were suffering great hunger. So what does God do? So throughout the world, there's a drought. And what does Pharaoh do? Pharaoh is chosen Joseph to be in charge of the rations of food they're being rationed out to all the people in the world. He was given the chief administrator. So Joseph was actually the second most powerful person in Egypt as well as the whole world. What a marked contrast. So we see in this the, the working of divine providence. God has allowed <coughs> these setbacks of Joseph. The persecution of Joseph. Joseph. And the part of his family and then in the part of the household of Pharaoh, the slander, the enslavement, the incarceration, that Joseph is an innocent, he's an innocent person that suffers, which is a very important theme in the Bible as well as in our own lives. Why do innocent people suffer? And you see, there's a parallel between Joseph and in the parable that we have. So let's follow up in the story. Joseph is rationing out the food to the people that come to him. So what happens is that his father, who's suffering at his loss, thinking that Joseph was, was killed years ago, 
It is a great source of suffering for Israel. Father sends a couple of his sons to Joseph to get food. Now they approach Joseph and Joseph is speaking in a different language. Even though he knows their language, of course. So Joseph takes one and throws him in jail and tells him to bring back his youngest brother, Benjamin. Joseph has a plan. So one of his brothers goes back to the father and says that one of our brothers is in jail now and he said he won't release him nor give us food until Benjamin is is brought. They're all thinking that if father has lost Joseph and now they lost Benjamin, the last son, father will die of grief. He'll die die of grief. So they come back to Joseph And this is one of the most touching scenes, I think, in in sacred scripture. Joseph seemed to be very stern with them. He's speaking through an interpreter. And there he's speaking through an interpreter. And Joseph, listening to them speak, understanding them perfectly, tells them to leave his presence. And then Joseph, Joseph breaks down. Outside, where the brothers are present, Joseph breaks down and he's sobbing. He's weeping, he's sobbing, and his sobs can be heard all the way to the Pharaoh's palace. The brothers did not recognize Joseph. But now when they come into the presence of Joseph, Joseph... reveals to them, he speaks now their own language, which was his first language. And he says, I am your brother Joseph. His brothers hearing this were in shock. They were in utter shock. I am your brother Joseph. Not only were they in in utter shock, but aware of the evil that they had done to Joseph, 
their conclusion was now Joseph has his opportunity to get even with them. That's right. Joseph has his opportunity to get even with them for them having done such an evil thing to him. But Joseph does not do that. Quite the contrary. Joseph reveals his presence, asks them how how their father is. And not only does Joseph not seek out justice and revenge, but rather... Joseph forgives them for their their maltreatment of him. And this is the, the essence of what Joseph says to them. He says that God himself God himself allowed this to happen. It was God himself that was behind this that allowed this to happen. God himself allowed this to happen. Why? So that God could bring good out of evil. I repeat that God allowed this to happen so that God could bring good out of evil. God allowed this to happen because God would allow this drought (coughs) to hit the whole world. So that Joseph would be placed in a high position of authority and responsibility. And he would be able to administer to all the families the food in proper season. The Pharaoh would say, go to Joseph. So God allowed all these apparently bad experiences that Joseph had to bring good out of it. So Joseph embraces his brothers. Then Joseph tells them to bring his father because he wants to meet with his with his father again. So the father comes with Benjamin. Joseph goes out to meet his father. His father is almost in shock 
because he thought that Joseph had died. His brother said that he was probably eaten by a wild animal. So the father sees his son Joseph, they embrace, and they weep tears of great joy. And this separated family is brought together all as a result of the goodness, the kindness, the holiness, the sterling virtue of of good Joseph. Of good Joseph. Now Joseph Joseph is indeed a Christ figure. Joseph is a Christ figure. In many ways. Number one is that as Joseph was sold as a slave in Egypt, so Jesus was sold. He was sold by Judas Iscariot for 30 pieces of silver. Joseph was slandered and calumniated. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was slandered and calumniated. He was, Joseph was the innocent that was condemned. Jesus was the innocent Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Joseph was incarcerated. That Holy Thursday night, Jesus was basically incarcerated where he was crowned with thorns and he was mocked. Joseph, Joseph willingly forgave his brothers even though his brothers sinned against him. So Jesus forgave us. Jesus Christ is our older brother. We have betrayed him. We have hurt him. We have abused him because of our many sins. But Jesus forgave us. There is Jesus hung on the cross between heaven and earth between heaven and earth
what did Jesus say? There's a parallel between Joseph and Jesus. Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. So we have in Joseph and Jesus that sublime virtue of mercy and forgiveness. So my friends, I invite you to share our talk today with your friends. I invite you, if you have time, to read Genesis chapter 38 to 50. And may the spirit of Joseph of the Old Testament and St. Joseph of the New Testament permeate and imbue our own spirits. May God bless you. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.